and welcome to the Corny and Lind Legal Chatter Podcast, where we discuss different but likely scenarios, provide general legal information, and get to know our lawyers. Please note that this podcast series does not provide or intends to provide legal advice. Hello and welcome again to another podcast with Corny and Lynn Lawyers. I have joined me again, Barry Klopper, um, Senior Lawyer at Corny and Lynn, uh, and Heilala Tabete, Business Development and Client Liaison uh, Director, and me, James Tan, Director at Corny and Lynn Lawyers. So, Barry, uh, we're back again talking about COVID-19. Now, it seems mm. one week ago, uh, we were making a recommendation uh, well, not a recommendation, but we were talking about the government's position, which was um, public gatherings of 500 people um, would, well, uh, want to go ahead. That was the recommendation. Within, I think it was uh, a week, everything's changed. Um, by Wednesday, um, which was two days after recording our podcast, uh, it was down to um, indoor gatherings of 100 and outdoor gatherings of 500. Um, by Friday, it was a, a four square meter rule and social distancing. And then by, um, uh, by, the, by Sunday night, it was church was closed. So church venues were closed. Um, that, that's been a, a massive shift um, over the week. And Barry, was there anything else that I missed that, that churches would probably need to be interested in? Um, no, I think you got it in one. The problem is because of the spread of the virus, the decisions that we, that the government took a week ago were outdated within a couple of days. And that's the problem. We're playing catch up, um, trying to, trying to contain the virus. And as a result, you get the decision made on a Sunday evening without any notice that all of a sudden churches are closed from Monday midday. Uh, that was today, midday. And, and that's really hard for a church to deal with without any notice, really, to close. Yeah. And it's not just um, churches that are having to deal with all that. We've also got other businesses uh, that are having to um, yeah. close down their venues as well. And and it, what are some of those va- venues? Uh, that we've got restaurants that are having to, um, yeah. to just to take away. And we've got gyms that are having to close down and um, uh, pubs um, and, and, uh, and places where large people gather are closed down as well. Um, but school's mm-hmm. optional and uh, the bottle is still open, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I think the extensive list of all that is uh, nightclubs as well, licensed areas of hotels, uh, movie theatres, uh, mm-hmm. casinos, all the indoor sporting facilities. Uh, but yeah, as you correctly pointed out, off-license bottle are excluded and restaurants and cafes have been minimised to um, just takeaway and deliveries only. So uh, quite you know quite a number of big changes for businesses uh, and this still continues to come in in the wake of large amounts of employees being stood down within the uh, airline and travel industry so um, mm. it's looking quite bleak it's looking quite restricted uh, for the uh, business community front as well yeah hey Lala from your end um, from a front-end perspective mm. Uh, you, you take a lot of new inquiries and what are some of the yeah. things you're hearing um, f- 
from from the moment you pick up the phone. Oh look, uh, James, thank you for that. Um, it, it, it's been a week that has um, has definitely caught most of us by surprise. Um, it's it's been a week that I don't even think the most prepared business could uh, have really prepared themselves for for the changes that sort of rolled in. You were you were playing catch up all week, and and for us it was no different. Uh, you know, we serve large clients, uh, institutional as well as the individual, and we've just heard some pretty horrendous, if not heartbreaking, stories on the front end. Um, and they've included, you know, things like your your local Thai restaurant down the road, suburban, um, that is needing to, um, you know, falling upon hard times uh, because of uh, inability to uh, meet uh, monthly payments, you know, rent being one component of it, but then you've also got to think of employees because now with social distancing and the requirement for the four square meter rule when you're out in public, it's just hard if you've got small uh, space within your cafe or your restaurant. And then you, you on the flip side of that, you've got um, other clients who are institutional who were ready to roll out big, take, for example, Easter gatherings or Easter uh, conferences. And mm. that's been halted in its tracks with the uh, ban on travel. Uh, for your uh, associate, uh, whether it's churches or pastors or missionaries out in the mission field, uh, with an inability to fly in because of travel bans, uh, including not only for international, but now as of this week, uh, mm. all non-essential domestic travel is, is being mm. brought to a halt. And then so you've got, you know, uh, venues to consider. You've got... Um, uh, people movement to consider. You've got, um, you know, how do you continue to support as well as resource uh, from afar, uh, given the, the current restrictions in place. So yeah, generally a, a really hard week, uh, I think, right across the, this land. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm. we've talked about how difficult it is um, and how difficult it's been. And I think you no know, one you have to be living on the rock to um, to not acknowledge that it's been difficult. Let's let's try and talk a little bit like we did last week about some of the solutions and um, hopefully mm. give some suggestions for how some people can pull through this. And let's focus on churches mm. um, first. Um, I think we all went to church on Sunday. Uh, I'll be online. Yeah. <laughs> online. Yeah. Yes, online. we did online church. That's right. We all did online church, and I think it was. Um, well, I, I personally loved it. My wife loved it. And it was just, uh, I think my church did a really great job of setting it up um, through um, a website called Church Online Platform. And that's done by the same guy who uh, who's uh, who created the Bible app. And like the Bible app, it's also a free platform. So that was very helpful. And I think that helped, um, uh, that really helped uh, create um, a, a way for people to get connected um, because now I think even even small groups are going to find it difficult to keep operating in, in churches as well. But the platform that they used was able to um, well publish the sermon, publish the worship in an online medium that was live streamed, um, but also created opportunity for people to um, continue to participate in the worship, whether it was putting up your a hand sign emoji in the chat group by the side or 
a chat box by the side, or um, with, there was prompts as well on the screen to um, to uh, to give, continue to give or to sign up for uh, for some uh, other mailing lists or to get a call back on certain things. Um, what was your experience like over the weekend of, from your perspective in terms of online church? Um, um, okay. I'll go, I'll go first if you want, Halala. Um, my church was really well done. We used Zoom as a platform. Uh, we got together in small groups. So the small groups actually invited uh, their members around. So we didn't worship alone because I think it's still important to feel that you're part of a community in situations where you are isolated to some extent. So getting together, you can still practice that social distancing in someone's house. Uh, we moved the TV to an outside venue uh, in a backyard so we could all sit apart from each other and we were able to watch it live on, on Zoom and had that chat functionality as well. And that happened through a number of uh, small groups in our church. It's important that people feel connected with the church at this point in time. We don't want to have churches losing members of the congregation because they feel isolated in their own homes and not connected. So churches need to think of ways they can connect with people. Uh, either obviously you've got email and your normal platforms, but online meeting spaces where you can actually physically see each other, whether it's Skype or Zoom or the platform you were talking about, James, is really important. And the only second thing I would say is in terms of allowing people to give to the church, because some churches are heavily reliant on um, congregation members giving donations uh, when they're actually physically in a service. And that's not possible anymore. So it's really important for churches to communicate that, hey, we still need those donations to keep on coming in. We still need to be doing God's work and giving people the option of donating online or letting them know there's more ways than one that they can actually donate to the church, whether it be gifts or time or some way they can do it if it's not only money, but they need to make those avenues readily available and communicate them to the congregation. Yeah, certainly from yeah, our, our perspective and in businesses as well. And uh, we're, we're using Zoom for uh, to connect with quite a few of our clients and also to connect um, with our team members. And I find that it's quite a user-friendly um, platform to use. We just send out mm. an invitation People click on the link, and all of a sudden, um, they're they're joined in at the at the appropriate meeting time, um, and they can and everyone can participate in that conversation and uh, and yeah. um, the camera if they so wish. Uh, Halala, how was your weekend? How were your church services? I yeah, look, um, our online service was great. Um, what our church is actually doing is on they've actually created a, a website as to which uh, you can. Um, go to and they've uh, advertised service times as to which you can log on but I think what I particularly liked about it you know just in terms of that connectivity that you were talking about Barry was um, when you're hosting church you know with your family or with a, a small connect group and uh, maintaining your social distance <laughs> Um, they, you know, they, they were asking, you know, send us photos or tag the church, you know, in this whole social media world frenzy that we live in. Um, and what they were doing was they were reposting it out so that you could actually see 
the people, the church, um, uh, celebrating in, in different living rooms. Um, you know, we uh, the, the church that I go to, we've got quite a number of global campuses. So we often like to say one house, many rooms, meaning the different uh, campus locations. But in this instance, it was one house, many living rooms. And uh, I just thought that was actually quite joyful to mm. uh, see different people, different walks of life, uh, yeah, having that connectivity, still enjoying church uh, and, and being able to post it, something tangible to, to see that mm-hmm. even though you're not meeting physically in one building, you're, you're meeting and still having church. And, and I agree with you, um, you know, the various ways as to which they're able to uh, take donations or tithes and offerings is uh, uh, there's many different ways, whether it's direct deposits or, or FPOS uh, transactions uh, directly mm-hmm. or even an app or uh, having a link on your church website to be able to, to do so. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, very helpful. Yeah, and I think it, it when I tuned in on Sunday, it actually gave me a bit of hope in the midst of all the uh, the craziness we read on the news. Um, mm. Because what it means is uh, things, well, churches, for example, don't need to shut down. Um, they they just need to change the way they do church. And, you know, potentially for a lot of businesses out there, um, many of them have the option. Some of them don't. Um, some of them like the gyms. I, I just can't see how a gym can uh, continue to operate its its um, uh, its business model from a, unlike the restaurants, which can do a takeaway option. Gyms probably oh, I've got have- some ideas for gyms, James. I've got some ideas there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Barry, why don't you tell us about it? So, yeah, go for it, Barry. From the, uh, from the churches who have a bit of a silver lining on all this, they probably have a bit of a wider reach through the World Wide Web and, and, and can have many platforms out there which can help them. But let's talk about the businesses and the people who are doing it rough at the moment um, who, um, who suddenly find that because of social distancing, no one's going to come through the doors anymore. Uh, Barry, what are your mm. ideas? Okay, so I'll, uh, I'll think, okay, so definitely online is important. So if we look at gyms, for example, uh, a lot of gyms employ personal trainers and things like that. And I can't think of a better time to actually run online fitness classes. Now, not everyone's going to have gym equipment at home. I get that. But they are going to be able to do some Pilates, some yoga, things like that. Use the space that you have as a business to actually broadcast some live uh, exercise classes and exercise videos or how to exercise properly in your own home using things around your home. You could bring in things to your gym where you have the space, move your exercise equipment aside and let's talk about what people have got in homes where they can build their own weights relatively cheaply and use them as an exercise tool. Most people are going to get isolated at home. More and more people are doing that. And I know that more and more people are going to get bored at home. So if you could log on to your local gym and go to an exercise class for one hour with a gym member, a one-on-one tutoring because that's basically what it is even though there might be 50 of you logging in and watching this on zoom you could be running an exercise class online from the comfort of their own homes it's perfect <laughs> that's a great idea and i think um I, certainly i can see something like that taking off within the next well 14 days six months if you um, <laughs> if you're reading the news but uh, what about some of the practical things so i, I was watching the news yesterday and they were talking uh, you know, following Scott Morrison's uh, address to um, wider Australia, uh, they had segments run on uh, businesses that are doing it tough because they've mm. had um, a cut staff or they don't have to put traffic anymore or, uh, or 
or, or the, and they're still having to pay, for example, the uh, the landlord and uh, their utilities and mm. all these taxes. So, mm. uh, and granted, this is a changing feast, and anything can just change um, on a day to day basis when you when you when you blink. But Barry, what are some yeah. of the things that are being talked about in Parliament and government that could end up becoming law? Um, and, and some of the things that um, business owners, for example, can look forward to, and possibly even charities, because I hear some of these, some of the relief will be coming for the not-for-profits as well. Yes, okay. Um, just on that, churches and charities, I think they need to be watching that space relatively closely. There's a lot of advocacy out there at the moment. Government's really heavily focused on small business at the moment. So obviously you're aware there was the first round $17 billion stimulus package, which related mainly to your... BAS statements uh, and getting a relief on the PAYG frontier. And there was uh, that's tax, definitely uh, the write-off as well, I think, for um, capital. Oh, sorry, James. And there was the write-off, correct. Now they have extended that uh, from between $20,000 to $100,000 relief for small businesses. That package is a little bit vague at the moment. Um, but I'm guessing that is also going to be through something like the PAYG uh, model through the BAS statements and the ATO. You'll be looking at accessing some relief there. The federal government is looking to stand in as guarantor for loans of up to $250,000 for small business to get them through this. I know that there's a big push on leases at the moment because that's obviously one of the biggest expenses. The um, federal government is looking at ways around that. And leases are a lot of state issues, but they're looking at ways uh, around which businesses which are forced to be shut down can suspend their rental payments for a period of up to six months or as long as the shutdown is going to be taking place. So as a small business or a gym owner or a restaurant or an indoor sporting venue, I would definitely be in contact with my landlord sooner rather than later to negotiate a suspension of your lease payments. That's something you need to be doing straight away. Um, if you have a landlord that is proving a little bit sticky on that situation and doesn't want to do that, you can obviously contact us for some legal advice and we'd be happy to help you with that. Um, there is definitely a case for frustration of a lease. In other words, you can't uh, perform the lease because the premises which you were operating out of are no longer open and that's not your fault that they're no longer open that's the fault it's actually no one's fault but it's a director from federal government which has closed your premises yeah, well i'd and, stop i'll stop short of saying it's a definite um thing to look at or definitely have a case for yeah. that because i think what we're dealing with at the moment is something that's so unprecedented um and mm. you know we really haven't had a pen a, a true pandemic since probably about the 1917 <laughs> Um, and so what's going to be worked through at the moment will be some very heavy commercial negotiation, but also potentially some new, some new cases, new novel types of cases uh, being argued in terms of frustration. Absolutely, mm. James. That's something we, that people need to seek legal advice on for sure. Um, the other Can thing I also... Is, yep. Sorry, could I just also add to that, that, you know, the other thing that I'm also noticing is the attitude of the banks as well, just again, tagged on to the back of uh, uh, Scott Morrison's uh, latest updates in relation to businesses that, uh, you know, for businesses, consult with your banks, because I think the Commonwealth Bank in particular, they've made it known that they are looking to ease loan repayment deferrals, or at least give a loan, a business loan holiday for up to six months. So that's also another good thing to to tap into uh, whilst you're considering uh, the same. Yeah, sorry, go on, uh, Barry. 
Absolutely. No, absolutely. That's correct. Uh, I think it's actually the big four. So hmm. Westpac, National Australia Bank, they're all coming to the party. Your bank manager in this situation is going to be one of your best friends. Um, you hmm. need to be open, transparent, and just let people know where you are with that situation. Um, the other thing is you, you have to try as business owners to think outside of the square when it comes to things like this. We spoke about gym owners, restaurant owners, for example, I know not every restaurant can become a takeaway. Some of the more expensive, exclusive restaurants are not necessarily takeaway restaurants. But this might be a time where you get in contact with your customer base. Most restaurants have a really good customer base, uh, particularly those that take in, you know, dining in-house only. They've got great customer base. Now's a good time to be contacting those customers and offering them the option of a free delivery or something to their home. Uh, there's a customer database that now's the time to act on that. Remember, the people are going to be isolated in their homes and there might be a night where they don't feel like cooking or they actually go to Coles and they can't buy any food that they're looking for for that evening. They can't get that pasta. If you're front of mind with your customers at these times, there are ways that restaurants can actually fill a gap at the moment in terms of the supply of food and they might be able to, to snag some customers there and offer a home delivery and get some of their staff actually instead of waiting on tables, maybe delivering some food, there has to be some creative ways you can think about it. Yeah. I think from a legal perspective as well, one of the other things that we're seeing with um, all the casual stuff being laid off is trying to find opportunities for them to be redeployed to other mm. employers. Mm. So the big one from mm. this, um, from this uh, last week, I should say, was the uh, massive layoff of the Qantas staff. Uh, but also yeah. as, um, CEO Alan Joyce having conversations with um, other employers um, to try and find, uh, uh, well, for example, Coles and Woolies, I believe it was, uh, to try and find opportunities for casual staff to be redeployed there to help um, stock shelves. So there's, there's opportunities there for um, uh, employment to not necessarily come to okay. end. Um, and to um, this is important. Yeah, James, you're 100% right. And it's important to note on this. So there was some confusion uh, in regards to standing down an employee. So if you stood down as an employee, you're not really terminated from your position. You're stood down. And then when the business picks up again, you can be re-employed. So technically, you're actually employed on the books of, the, of your employer. And um, last night, the government announced an increase to the uh, new start allowance and the safety net. So they're doubling that effectively to $1,100 a fortnight or $550 a week. And they made it very clear in that, that even employees who are stood down can access those payments through Centrelink. Right. That's, um, that's fantastic. Yeah. Is, that, is, the, is that also applicable to uh, them accessing super? Yes. Okay. So the super, Halala, that's a great question because the super mm. is an interesting one. So it's, it's, it's effectively, it's $10,000 of financial year. Now our financial year in Australia ends on the 30th of June. So you can access $10,000 by the 30th of June and $10,000 straight after in July if you need. But I will say one thing in relation to that, which I watched, I watched the, the news and I watched the, the breakdown of it afterwards uh, or the interview with the prime minister and then what the experts said after that. And the thing I think a lot of people have missed on the superannuation is, well, A, you have to meet criteria which haven't been clearly identified as to how you can access that $10,000. But B, people need to be aware that drawing out of your money, drawing out of your superannuation money now could be a problem because as we know, share markets have taken a hit 
around mm. the world. So yes, most people's right. superannuation balances are quite reduced at the moment. Uh, I know mine certainly is. So taking $10,000 out now could have a, you're actually taking your money out at one of the lower points of the market at the moment. And it could go lower, we don't know. Well, the other thing, the other thing um, I got as well in email today, because I subscribe to the ATO legal updates on a daily basis. And they said, uh, they sent me an email, probably in response to what was um, published yesterday evening, um, saying that it's illegal to pull your super out in any other way. So you have to make sure that when, that when requesting withdrawal of your super, it's done so in, in a way that um, complies with all the legal requirements. Um, um, mm, probably mm, change mm. in the next couple of days. Yes, yes. It's something people need to take serious advice on and think about it very carefully prior to just, prior to just taking out the money from their super. Thank you all for joining us and I'll see you next week. To all our listeners, if you are interested in uh, reading more about our COVID-19 related articles, you can do so by going to www.cornianlind.com.au forward slash coronavirus dash COVID-19 forward slash. Um, We've got a number of articles which will help both businesses and individuals during this period. Thank you for listening to the Corny and Lind Legal Chatter Podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode of Corny and Lind Legal Chatter. If you require specific legal advice for your situation, contact us directly on 07-3252-0011 or go to www.cornyandlind.com.au forward slash contact.